Craft. I'm Heidi James and this is a podcast and I'm hoping you know by now where we talk about the first draft of writing but hopefully spreading this out, welcoming on other creatives and people who are making something new from scratch. So yeah, if you want to come on and chat to me, let me know, drop me a line. Um, I have news I have finished the first draft of the sound mirror. Yay! So I'm putting it away for a week or so and letting it sit and then heading right back in, getting on with the next draft because, as you know, no one does anything perfect first off. So it's a series of rewrites and revisions that are about to come up. But I'm feeling pretty, pretty fucking good, pretty stoked, so I'm happy. Um... And my last novel, So the Doves, is released in the US and Canada on the 15th of May. So that's exciting as well. So yeah, things are good. Things are feeling pretty... um, I'm contented, let's just put it this way. Ready for the new work to come, but it feels good to have reached this point. What do you do to celebrate when you hit a milestone or a marker in your work when you finish a first draft or another draft or you get it to a particular section. How do you how do you celebrate? How do you mark this occasion? I think I'm going to open a bottle of champagne and um, sleep quite a lot and read. I've got a whole pile of books that I haven't wanted to read because I didn't want to kind of, I don't know, cross-contaminate. God, that's pompous, isn't it? But you know what I mean. I didn't want to get sort of confused or pull myself off into a different direction. So I'm going to treat myself to loads of new books and get reading and hopefully the sun will come out. Anyway, to celebrate all of this, I have my gorgeous editor here helping me with the sort of knocking together the structure of the sound mirror and the overlapping and the interweaving of all the different voices, my gorgeous editor Heather. And I recorded a chat with her that I thought might be interesting. So in a few minutes, a few moments, who am I kidding, I will be, um, yeah, playing that interview with her. But until then, until I do that, I want you to please let me know how it's going with you guys. What are you up to? What are you doing? What are you writing? How's it coming along? Um, Is there anything you want us to address? Anyone you want to talk to? Anyone who should I get on here? Um, Do you want to come on and chat? Let me know. All right. Here's Heather and me. Okay, so... Heather Duffy... Would you say you're, I, I mean, you're obviously my lovely editor, but you're also the proprietor, co-proprietor, co-owner, co-director? Yes, all of the above. Of Blue Moose. Kev and I, co-founders of Blue Moose Books. Co-founders, yeah. And jointly directors. Yeah. And you've done, managed some incredible success over the last 15 years. Probably not quite as long as that. Is it not quite? No. I think it was 2006 when we first launched. Okay, I thought for some reason I thought it was a bit longer. Okay. Well, welcome. Hello. How are you? I'm good, thank you. So, I thought what we'd do is chat a bit about the editing process and um, 
what you would say people should look for when they're looking at their own work so mm. like the sort of in your ideal world <laughs> yes what someone had already picked up on before they sent work in mm-hmm. um any kinds of tips like that um and then I thought we could talk a little bit about how we work together because mm. I would say editor isn't enough of a descriptor for you in terms of how we work mm. I would say you're my collaborator because we work really closely and that is a privilege I know not everyone gets that but I I think so we yeah, can talk a bit about that later a good yeah. description yeah because I mean obviously I I trust your input so much that often I'll come to you and go shall I have them what do you think of mm. and we'll have it yeah so, it's, so I thought we'd talk about that too so in your ideal world yeah what is it you think a writer should be looking for? So obviously they can't perfect it on their own, it's impossible, but what are the basics in editing that you think people should be looking out to do in their first drafts or third drafts? So I think one of the things I think everyone should do before they send a manuscript to anyone is read it aloud to themselves. Yeah, I agree. Because when you read aloud, you can tell whether or not the language flows Mm -hmm. and you can really spot if you've got dialogue in there if it's wrong because if you can't read it aloud and sound natural to yourself then you know that it's not going to sound natural to anybody else when they read it to themselves that's such a good yeah you're absolutely right and I think when you read even if it's not dialogue when you read anything out loud you can hear the clunks yeah you can hear where the sentence doesn't flow whereas we're a bit more forgiving to ourselves Mm. when we read it to ourselves and you know yeah definitely yeah okay so read it out loud first before you do anything else anything else you think we should look for and I think that should give you sorting out your dialogue Mm. because I have to say one of the things that puts me off a book really early on is if the dialogue doesn't seem genuine yeah yeah so that would help you sort that out it also helps you with punctuation Mm. because when you're reading aloud yeah you put the pauses in where you think they're necessary yeah and that i don't care what anyone says that actually does help yeah maybe rules for punctuation but actually reading helps you know where you want yeah. punctuation and you're at least well. halfway there even mm. if say an editor like yourself might say actually you need a semicolon or yeah. but you can fiddle but at least you're halfway you an idea right yeah to be honest i also prefer to receive a manuscript with most of the spelling correct because it doesn't give a great impression. If it's somebody new... I've, I'm much more forgiving of people I've already worked with. But if you're new to me and I read a few pages that mm-hmm. are littered with spelling errors, that doesn't give me a good impression. And it doesn't tell me that you've spent ages honing your work before you've put it in front of me. I, With spell check now, mm-hmm. I find that a bit unforgivable like, mm. like yeah. we do have it's a like, good work yeah. relationship but I still don't send I still do a spell check a spell and grammar mm. check yeah just to get the very basics even if we might mess with the punctuation later and you might say hey, actually that's the new sentence or we don't yeah but I would for me that's just common courtesy so I'm amazed that people don't even do that well that, there's that's no excuse insane. anymore yeah I feel like you haven't really respected the fact that I'm going to spend time reading this if yeah. you can't even be bothered to sort out your basic spelling and punctuation. Like you say, you can always fiddle with punctuation. Mm. 
but the basics I think should be there yeah you you this words um tools yeah. as it were will tell you whether or not you want which or that yeah. for example or and you know, no, we don't all have the same level of education. I, I absolutely, yeah. we, you and I both, we're not mm-hmm. snobs about that at all. But you know, yeah, they're there and there. Spell them, spell exactly. them. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Okay, so we've got read it aloud. Mm-hmm. So that at least the dialogue and sounds natural. Mm-hmm. That you don't have overtly clunky sentences. Yeah. What else do you think people should be thinking about before? It's a good question because I think when you're in your own story, it can be difficult to spot what's wrong with it. Because mm. I know certain writers I know will ask someone else to read it before they pass it on to us. Mm. Because sometimes you might not be able to spot inconsistencies or you might you might not think you're being confusing because you know exactly in your head what you mean. Yeah. But actually, if you get someone else to read it, they might say, well, do you know what, that bit, I'm not quite sure what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then if they can say that, you can explain it a bit better or just yeah. sort out initial confusions. So I do think it can help to get someone else that you trust to tell you honestly. Yeah what they think not your mum point out yeah it's brilliant (laughs) yeah not your mum or your best friend maybe unless you've got a really honest best friend yeah but yeah just to look for inconsistencies and any areas where stories can seem confusing Mm -hmm. unless of course that's the point if you wanted them to cause confusion that's fine yeah but if you didn't then you need to know if it is confusing yeah, and often when you want something to be confusing, it will be confusing consistently. Yeah. There'll be a coherence <laughs> yes, exactly. in the confusion. It won't just be one tiny blip that yeah. you're like that's supposed to be there. It's like, well, it doesn't feel like it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, what do you look for in character? What for you? I know you guys obviously don't like formulaic. You don't mm-hmm. have a particular. You look for great stories all the time. Yeah. So, what for you does make a great story without? And that's a tough question because I'm almost asking you to pin it down and that's not what you like to do. But just generally speaking, what do you look for to be compelling and interesting? What is it that about a character or story that works for you? Blimey. That is a very difficult question because we have published so many very different yeah. books. Yeah. It's hard to think of what precisely makes you feel like, oh, yeah, this is good thing with reading lots of different beginnings to books I guess is that within the first three chapters you need to draw the reader in so you kind of need to either have an idea mm-hmm. that draws you in mm-hmm. or quickly create a character that you want to know more about yeah yeah so it's a it's remarkable really what you can do in three chapters because yeah. it's not really a lot is it no it isn't but mostly that's all we will read three chapters and then say right i really want to read the rest of this yeah i think that's pretty much industry standard yeah, isn't it that's yeah yeah what everyone does so yeah those first three chapters have to draw you in somehow whether it's with an idea or with a character that you want to know more about mm-hmm. or even just a hint of something that intrigues you. Mm-hmm. 
And I think I don't even always have to like characters. No. So long as they're interesting and well drawn. Yes, yes, there's depth and complexity. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. So, I mean, I've really enjoyed some books where I haven't really liked anyone in there, but I've just found them interesting. Yeah, that always annoys me. I remember being, I'm not sure if it was in a class once when I was first starting or... But I remember someone saying, characters must be sympathetic, they must be likeable. Mm. And I, I just, well, that limits what you're writing so yeah. much. Like, why? Doesn't it? Yeah. Um, and if that's true, then why are we all so obsessed? To, well, I don't mean us personally, but why is there such a... Um, fashion, if you like, for people reading about true crime and serial killers, because yeah, I don't think people <laughs> like, like them. But it, like you say, it's about the intrigue. It's about mm. understanding how different people live and think and do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I do like one of the things that I have liked about several books that we've done is that I feel like I've learned something mm-hmm. about a different way of life or a different way of being. Yeah. I always think if you get a window onto a different kind of person or lifestyle mm-hmm. or culture, that's... No, I, I totally... I, for me, that's what literature's great gift is, mm. that it either it's a mirror or it's a window, mm. or sometimes it's both. Yeah. But that you can feel less alone when you're reading. Mm. You can feel like, oh, someone sees the world the way I do. Mm. And it, you find that connection... Mm. Or you learn how others are experiencing the world that's different. Yeah. And it, I mean, there's proven studies that it helps with empathy and yeah. it's our basic human format, isn't it? Stories. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay, so what is it then? Let's say you've found you've had three chapters for whatever reason they've gripped you. You want to work with them. You've mm-hmm. signed them. What, and don't say me, because we know you... I know I'm great (laughs) Um, but in your ideal world Mm -hmm. which obviously wouldn't be me what would be the perfect relationship like how would you love to see the editing process go because I think I sometimes see in creative writing classes or when I've been asked by especially starting new writers Mm -hmm. would I consult and help them which I don't really do anymore it's been very difficult for them to understand that the constructive feedback you're giving is the most respectful and responsive Mm. feedback you can give. And that me saying, it's lovely, well done, it's brilliant, is not helpful Mm. or respectful. I think it can be very hard. So for you, when you're in your ideal world, Mm. what is that relationship like for you? I think the ideal is when an author totally understands that the editing process is there to improve on their already good book yeah because you wouldn't have signed it if it wasn't any good absolutely and the whole point of editing is to just refine and polish something so it's absolutely the best it can be Yeah. yeah you know nobody writes the perfect novel because more pairs of eyes absolutely can always find things to just improve a little bit yeah no I agree completely you're too close to your own work I think Mm. and we were talking earlier about even in the most non-creative writing Mm. so say um, a a report or analysis Mm. or a letter 
you can make glaring, embarrassing mistakes in a sentence because your brain is seeing what it thinks is there, yeah. what it thinks you did, not what you actually have. So yeah. you, and you know your characters inside out, so you think you've included something and someone mm. says, why are they doing that? Yeah, well, because they, because they like cherries for breakfast and they like, well, you've not even told us that. Yeah. They, oh, haven't I? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So, okay, so it's accepting that we all have the same goal mm-hmm. it's not about yeah, ego absolutely it's not about bashing your creative piece it's not about having a goal to make this great um then what what else then i guess it's in the first stage of editing it's an author being able to work with an editor and the best relationships of that sort are when the editor can say i'm not sure about this bit I think it'd be better if you said something like, and they can make a suggestion, yeah. and the author goes, oh, okay, well, how about this instead? Yeah, yeah. And they they totally engage with what the editor's saying. They don't necessarily take it and say, yes, I'll just have what you've said, mm-hmm. but they understand and come up with something else that might be better. Right, so it's like, okay, but it needs a bit more drama, or we need a bit less, or whatever it yeah. might be, and they go... Right, I think the character might do. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's a real engagement between the two for yeah. a while as you go through and you find things and the editor makes suggestions, the author comes up with other ideas. Mm-hmm. And then as that process comes to an end, there comes a point where the editor will not really be making suggestions anymore. Right. They're just going, right this word needs to go or this sentence needs to go. Yeah. Well, you'll remember from Say the Doves yeah. that there was a whole chunk yeah. that we got rid of, wasn't yeah. there, at one point? Yeah, and it was... And it was I mean, yeah, we were... Lynn had had her eyes on it, hadn't she? Is that mm-hmm. the bit you mean? Yeah. And she sent me that lovely thing saying, this is beautiful writing, but stop slowing us down we want to know what's happening mm. and it was that you know it was prosy descriptive and it, and it didn't she was right it yeah. needed to move so we kept a bit I think didn't we yeah um, yeah yeah and I think yeah like for me personally whenever you guys have said I'm not sure about this I I agree really mm. I kind of possibly even knew yeah I've never once been shocked or really yeah i've always thought yeah i was chancing my arm a little bit i was being a bit <laughs> lazy there or oh gosh now you're pointing that out i see what you mean or, yeah 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 and i think a lot of the time most authors are like that they will say oh yeah okay i see what you mean yeah or one of the interesting things from an editing point of view is if you go through and you cut a few words out here and there mm-hmm. and then you send the manuscript with the words cut out and say to the author, I've, I've taken a few bits and pieces out, have a read, see what you think. And they come back and go, yeah, that's all fine. Mm-hmm. And you didn't actually point out all the things no. that you changed, but when they read it, they were totally happy with it. But, you know, if you'd sent that back with the changes, they would argue. Yeah. I bet you... Quite possibly. Sometimes. Yeah, some, certainly. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And sometimes people will spot something and go, oh, but you've taken this out and I really like that. And then you have to have a negotiation. 
expense mm-hmm. sometimes if the author has a really good reason for wanting to keep something then the editor might go well, all right then I'm not so you know fixed on this yeah. that I want to make you cross about it yeah so there is that point of negotiation and I suppose that comes down to is it and again this is something I think that it does come up a lot is it your ego and I think in creative writing the sort of the lingo we would use is you've got to kill your darlings mm. so are you holding on to that sentence because you think it's so beautiful yeah or are you holding on to that because you know deep down your intention for the character is that they have and mm. this is how they would but then I think you're right then it's about sometimes when you explain that to your editor, they might say, okay, I see that, yeah. but you haven't done it enough for that. Yeah. So maybe you do that more, or you repeat something like... Yeah. Because it isn't you do clear... it in a slightly different way. Yeah, because it isn't clear that that's your intention. Yeah. It just feels strained or not, like it doesn't fit. Yeah. And there's that. that's where that can be useful. But yeah. often I do think it's killing the darlings mm-hmm. but I love that bit I love yeah. that sentence it's like <laughs> keep it for a poem yeah it's not for the book yeah yeah, yeah. do you sometimes find I mean, I think we're very lucky to work the way we do not every publishing house does it anymore mm-hmm. they expect agents to work closely mm-hmm. and edit and finely tune a writer and there's all those really lovely and possibly apocryphal stories about um you know, uh, Raymond Carver's editor actually was a huge influence on mm-hmm. on his writing. And it doesn't happen so much. But have you read any books recently by big names where you think, my goodness, no one, everyone's too scared to say no to you now? Because <laughs> I certainly have, and I think yeah. this would have been great if it was a third shorter. Mm-hmm. Do you find that sometimes? Yes, I do, definitely. Do you find it hard to be a reader and not an editor? Or are you able to switch off? I can switch off. S- certain types of book I find it easier to switch off in. Mm-hmm. But there are some times when I read things and I just can't help but think, oh, I would have got rid of that. Right, or, yeah. Oh, no, that's... You know, too much <laughs> yeah yeah I would imagine it would be hard and what do what what do you love to read outside of work like what do you read just for pleasure just for you I have all sorts of books I like but I my default if I want something that I don't have to think about mm-hmm. say for a train journey or you know when I've got a few hours where I'm in captive audience i like crime thrillers yeah yeah by all sorts of different people um but i also like reading non-fiction yeah yeah so i do like to mix reading thrillers that just race along Mm -hmm. and non-fiction that challenges my brain yeah i think all writers should read more non-fiction in that it just widens your world a bit mm. and increases your sense of what's link possible linguistically mm. or potential for metaphor for do you know what I mean like yeah that's a good point. I know people say you must read more and more fiction of mm. course people should but yeah. but I also think read it I like to read a lot of non-fiction too and I just mm. think it just widens what I'm thinking about and yeah being curious about 
Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so if you had a wish list for some for what you would see in your inbox being submitted, what mm. would it be? Or do you not have that kind of narrow view? Like what would you love to land in your tray? I like the fact that we actually have all sorts of different novels mm. come to us and we have chosen all kinds of different novels to publish. Yeah. Because I like crime thrillers, I would quite enjoy it, I think, if somebody sent me a really good one. Mm-hmm. You know, say somebody new. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sent in a really good crime fiction novel. I think that would be quite fun. Yeah. So, but... Generally speaking, I like the fact that we have all kinds. Yeah. I think it's nice that... Well, somebody recently said to me that her partner said, you know, I really love about Blue Moose. You just never know what's going to come next. Yeah, that's true. You don't, do you? Yeah. No, it's set all over the place and in different mm. times and... Yeah. You know, it's so exciting. Yeah. And that also gives us... What I think is brilliant for us as authors is you've never once asked me to recreate what I've done before. No. Or any of us who've no. been lucky enough to you know, be published mm. more than once with you guys. So, you know, so we've done a very high literary book to get that, you know, mm. Wounding was a difficult book for some, yeah. you know, some people, challenging, let's say. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a feminist book about the body and uh, archetypes and all that stuff. And then we wrote a sort of coming-of-age thriller-ish. Yeah. Um, and now we're working on a historic, moving around all sorts book together. So yeah. it's great because it means we can it play. Is, it's lovely. Mm. Yeah. Because I don't know that I could redo a wounding or re. I, I wouldn't no. want to actually. Well, I know. I must admit, when I think of, I mean, obviously, I don't write. I edit, and I enjoy editing. But I think it would be a bit weird to for you to give me something that was really similar to yeah. the one you did last time. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, all right then. So we're going there again, are we? Yeah. And I think it's really a bit dismissive of us as readers because no one's ever said to me, oh, I didn't understand why you wrote So the Dust because Wounding was very different. I've had people mm. say, they're so different. Mm. Great. Uh, but, yeah. you know, I'm happy. I love the authors I love. I want to read whatever they've decided to think about. Mm. I don't need Margaret Atwood to redo, you know, yeah, Handmaid's Tale over and over. Yeah. Well, I must admit, when there are some crime writers who, if you read more than three of their books, you can then go, oh, hang on a minute. Yeah. I'm starting to see what's going to yeah. happen. I mean, that's very specific to the genre stuff, it is. isn't it? Yeah. But there are some people who can do really different stories. Yeah. They're still crime, thrillery things. Yeah. But, but there are some who it gets really formulaic. Yeah. And you just kind of think, yeah, okay, I've had enough of you now. And that, I think, is a, is about not looking beyond character different characters mm. not thinking about other human beings not stepping outside yourself thinking well, how yeah. are different people living what are their lives like yeah because people seem to f- be extraordinarily inventive in the way they decide to hurt them each other <laughs> like you do it yeah <laughs> unfortunately yeah mm. okay so i said we'd talk about our process mm. so i think it's just really interesting for people to sort of know how it goes with others so what i tend to do 
because well, my first book, Wounding, was more or less done. It was a different stage to the next ones we've done together. Um, but even, I mean, so you got that and then we worked through our suggestions and that was more traditional, I yeah. think. But in doing it, we got very, we became really great mates, didn't yeah. we? And then, so, so the doves, I think, is more indicative of how we work together, which is more collaborative in that I will send through you're my first reader mm-hmm. in a way that most people would use someone else. Yeah. But I will send you stuff. And we're not even editor and writer then, are we? No. No, not at that point. No. And I'm like, what do you reckon? Mm. And it might be just short bits. And you'll say, yeah, it's got legs. This, yeah. And then it's almost like then I start steaming through. But you, for, for me, for what... I think is amazing is you have this incredible sort of you have a wider viewpoint Mm. whereas I get my head almost stuck so far in I can't see Mm. and you're able to stand right back and see the whole architecture that's what I love yeah, I remember with Sows of Doves, you sent two different versions of the first right. yeah. part of it, didn't you? And said, which do you like better? That's right, I forgot. <laughs> yeah. And that's the other thing. People mm. cling really hard to a version of something mm. and maybe lose lose a publishing deal. We've, mm. you know, we've known of that. Yeah. I've heard people do that. Mm. Um, and I honestly, I don't remember the mm. things that we've gotten rid of. You might yeah. be able to say, well, actually, do you remember there was that chapter? And, and I, honestly, I wouldn't remember. Yeah. The final book is the final book. Absolutely. So I think that is a bit of a lesson, actually, to... And also to be experimental. Yeah. Um, see, so we do a good... I mean, at least four or five drafts together, don't we? Yeah, definitely. And some have bigger changes. Like, the first couple have much bigger changes. Yeah. And the last ones... Yeah, the last ones are usually small, aren't they? Yeah. This, so Salmiro, first draft is done. Yay! Yay! So me and Heather had such a laugh. If you guys have been listening from the beginning, you remember that I've wondered about the structure. So what we did was we printed all four voices on different paper, and it was brilliant. Wasn't that fun? It was really good fun. I Before we did it, I was thinking, oh, I don't really know what this is going to be like. But then once we had it on paper, it was really good fun working through and deciding where to stop one person and yeah. start another and break it up. It was, yeah, yeah, really, really good fun. Where to build the threads. Like mm. It was like we were sort of yeah. weaving it or something. Yeah. Yeah. It was spotting where there were contrasts in the stories mm. and parallels. It's really exciting. Yeah. yeah. It's a nice bit, bit to get to because, you know, you go through this with lots of other writers, not just me, but, you know, in a work in process, progress, you you have your peaks and your troughs, and you have moments when you're like, oh, this is never going to work, it's awful. <laughs> and um, But it's nice we've got to this point because, like, we, we both said, right, we can see, like, it's... Yeah, you can see where the whole thing is, yeah. what it's going to be like now as a whole. And whilst it still needs a lot of work and we've got our little plan yeah. of when and how it feels like we've reached for me anyway a, like I'm on the plateau and I'm looking and I can see the path yeah. to the top now whereas before I was climbing to that plateau and there was the lip and I was yeah. getting over it and I couldn't see it. whereas now I feel like right yeah, and it feels I've got that new 
boost. I feel invigorated mm. again. So it's quite a yeah. nice feeling. It is. I feel really enthusiastic about it now. Yeah. So I'm quite keen to see what it's like when it's all put together. How are we going to party? Way. We've got to... We need to... <laughs> We need to start now. We start thinking about launch party and oh yeah, frocks and oh yeah, that, all the fun bits. At the celebrity end. endorsements. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, brilliant. So, any last thoughts or words of advice? It could be directly to me if you like. If you're, like <laughs> you're going to use this to kind of go, Heidi. I need you to sort yourself out. <laughs> no. I always enjoy working with you. It's yeah, good fun, it and fun. the end result is always excellent. I'm not. I'm pretty. I do just take it on the chin. I think I'm yeah, pretty good at. You going, are very good. Yeah, being open. I would say. Yeah, and I think that absolute for anyone who wants to actually get something published, I think being open to suggestion mm. and different viewpoints on their work is the most important thing. Yeah, I agree. Different viewpoints, absolutely. Thanks so much. Thank you for being my editor. I love you. You're brilliant. Thank you. Love you me are too. my collab- collaborator. Yes, I think that's a far better word than. I editor. think that's true for most people's books, though. I just mm. think I'm possibly more open to admitting that. You know, it has one person, and it, you know, there's so much that goes into a book too, beyond mm. even just the words that you're reading. You know, the yeah. design, the thought, and and what you've read before. Like it's mm. it's almost absurd that we put one name on, really, but. Ooh. But, but without your writing, they wouldn't be there. Sure, but I do think it's it is a collaborative, lovely mm. process. And if you allow it to be, if you open up to it, yeah. it's exciting and it's lovely. Mm. It is. Like when you said about one of I don't want to give too much away, but one of the characters, our main mm. one, of our, our modern girl, as mm-hmm. it were, um, and you said it's just something. Mm. You need something. And I was like, mm. what about? Yeah. And it was a nice. It was a lovely... It's like being a child and playing. It is, rather, yeah. Such a nice sort of process, so Mm -hmm. I'm really grateful. So thank you. And thank you for coming on and talking to me. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you, darling. Oh, she's an angel, my lovely Heather. So, yeah, there we go. Big thanks to Heather. Big thanks to Kevin at Blue Moose, my publisher. Big thanks to you guys for listening and to Joe Dunbar for the music. I'll be back in a couple of weeks with another guest and maybe some more news. In the meantime, write hard, work your ass off, and keep the faith. Don't give up. Keep dreaming, babies. Keep creating. Take care.